welcome back to the Love University on the campus of Triad Christian Center with your host and instructor, Pastor Joshua Lockett. You have just enrolled in our brand new series entitled Game Changers, The Grace and Mercy Experience. Let's see. comfort and encourage and refresh and revive today, Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that our faith is erupting today in the name of Jesus. I pray for that right now, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, everybody say amen. Say amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, if you in your cars, which I don't know if there are anybody, y'all see some people in the cars, blow your horns for Jesus. Amen, 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 amen. And let's give it up for the praise team, for the band. Amen, amen. <laughs> for all of you all that are watching today on streaming, thank you for joining us today on our live streaming here Try a Christian Center on the parking lot. We on the lot today. Amen. <laughs> so thank you for joining us and being with us today here at Triad Christian Center. Listen, go and invite somebody. Share the video with somebody that you know may need to hear a message about God's grace today. Amen. Encourage them to join along and connect with you if you're watching on Facebook, on YouTube. Listen, if this is your first time joining us today on any of the live streaming platforms, the website, Facebook, or even on YouTube. If you're on Facebook, you can follow us. If you're on YouTube, you can subscribe to us. And if you're on the website, you can type in 81411 new to TCC or TCC announcement to join and connect with us. And even if you're on Facebook and YouTube, you can do the same as well. TCC announcements allows you, or announcement allows you to be a part of our announcements that are sent out via text message. So I want to encourage you to connect with us. Thank you for being with us and may God richly bless you and may he richly encourage you on today. With that being said, I want to jump right into the word on today while we out here in the cool air. Amen. Doesn't it feel good today? Amen. God gave us some good weather twice, two Sundays in the month of April. Thank God for it. Amen. I want you to go really quickly to uh, the scriptures. And by the way, on this past Tuesday night, I know we had some technical difficulties. Please excuse the technical difficulties. Um, all working out. We'll try to get that full message uploaded for you so you can watch it. We'll be talking about grace and action. So I sent out the outline. You should have the outline. Just read over the points now, and uh, the full video is coming in the future. So make sure you check it out. If you're watching for the first time on today, we have been talking about game changers. And what that means essentially is that uh, we're, we've used the word game for the word grace and mercy exploration. So we're taking the opportunity to explore in this series the grace and the mercy of God. How many know that's a good subject to study? And so we've been taking time this whole year, really, if you look at this whole year, the whole theme this whole year has been Love University. So we've taken a moment to express and to explore God's love. Amen. It's important not only to explore God's love, but to express it. Grace is an extension of God's love. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So out of love, God gave us his son, Jesus. Amen. And the Bible says in John 1 verse 14 in the King James Version, it says that Jesus came full of grace and truth. So we see that God gave us grace through the person 
of Jesus Christ. Because of the work of the cross, Jesus expressed the grace of God. And so today we want to continue talking about the grace of God, more specifically in regards to condemnation. Now sometimes, uh, in order to, I believe, sometimes I just, I, even today, what I'm going to, let me just say what I'm going to do today. I'm going to expose the issue, but I'm also going to give you a solution. Because today we're going to talk about condemnation. One of the things we're going to do today is we're going to define what it means to be condemned or to be experiencing condemnation. Now, one of the things you have to understand is, as I've said before, which I believe is so critical, the Bible tells us to study and show ourselves approved. And it says rightly dividing the word of truth, which means that as you study the word, you sh when you divide something, you draw a line. Can I get an amen? When you divide something, if you, if you divide a piece of paper, you draw a line on that paper to divide it. So what happens is when you study the word of God, God can begin to give you boundaries for what things mean. He will give you lines to define and to give boundaries for what things mean. And I believe, and really, in essence, it means you just gain an understanding. The Bible says, with all thy getting, get an understanding. And off goes my paper. So one of the things we have to understand is that when we talk about different words like condemnation, grace, love, mercy. We took, by the way, if you want to know what love means, we took the whole month of February, whole month of March. We just defined love, 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 love. We took the month to define love. We kind of went off a little bit, but we define love. What is love? We talked about what is grace, and grace is undeserved favor. Say undeserved favor. Another way of saying it is unmerited favor. But grace is also God doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Grace does not take away our work ethic, neither does it make us lazy. I want you to be mindful of this, that before sin ever took place, God had instilled into the earth a work ethic. Or, put it better yet, he instilled into Adam a command or a request to work. Adam had the whole Garden of Eden before sin, so work is not a cuss word. <laughs> so when we talk about grace, grace does not excuse us from all work. It just excuses us for the work that we can't do. Can I get an amen? And the work that we can't do is we can't save ourselves. I don't know about you, but I can't save myself. I can't deliver myself. I can't heal myself. Amen. Glory to God. I, it doesn't matter how many positive vibes I put out. Glory to God. It's not in vibrations. It's in the grace of God. Can I get an amen? It's in the healing power of Jesus Christ. It's in his word. The Bible says he sent his word and he healed them. Amen. That's what heals my body. Amen. So when we talk about this today, one of the things you have to understand is that grace is God's undeserved favor. Grace is God doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves. So grace does not replace what we should be doing, but grace does for us what we can't do for ourselves. And so Paul in Romans 6 to 8, by the way, if you've never studied Romans 6 to 8, I want to encourage you to do it. Some of you may be new believers. You might not even be saved yet. I'm going to tell you a really good, some really good chapters of the Bible to start off study is Romans 6 to 8. It talks about how Jesus totally destroyed the power of sin. That's good news. Can I get an amen? And so in Romans 6 to 8, I encourage you to study it. But in Romans, in Romans 6, he talks about the power of sin being broken. In Romans 7, he talks about how we're, how we're dead to the power of the law. He talks about the law. If you are a Jewish person, that probably would mean a whole lot more to you. But he talks about how we died to the law, which I'll get into that a little bit more maybe later on in this series. But in Romans 8, he starts off in Romans 8, verse 1. He tells them, there is now therefore no condemnation. No 
for judging guilt, for guilty of wrong, for those who are in Christ Jesus who live and walk not after the dictates of the flesh, but after the dictates of the spirit. If you want to follow along on our outline, it's just been sent out on our TCC announcement, so make sure you pull it out. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, Facebook, YouTube administrators, if you can help out with making sure you share that. But I'm going to read it one more time in the Amplified, if, that, if you don't mind. It says, therefore, there is now no condemnation, no adjudging guilt, wrong for those who are in Christ Jesus, who live and walk not after the dictates of the flesh, but after the dictates of the spirit. Let me read it one more time. Therefore, therefore, come on, say therefore. Now, if, it, if, it, if, it, if a person writes therefore, there's a reason that they put therefore. Amen. So he's connecting it to chapter 7. So we got to read chapter 7 another time, not necessarily today. But it says, therefore, there is now no condemnation, no adjudging guilty of wrong for those who are in Christ Jesus, who live and walk not after the dictates of the flesh, after the dictates of the Spirit. The question I have for you today is, what is taking you out of your game? At the top of my outline, I talk about, I ask the question, what is taking you out of your game? We're talking about game changers, but we're talking about what is taking you out of your game. When you hear that term, some of you might not know what that means, but how many of you have ever played spades before? Raise your hand. I know you're on church grounds, but you can raise your hand. If you play. I got one person that admitted, two people, three people that admitted their play spades. Now, I'm going to be honest. Y'all could take me out of my game all day when I'm playing spades because can I confess something? I don't know how to play spades. Can I get an amen? I know how to play Uno. All the Uno players, where are you? Amen. <laughs> I don't know how to play with a joker. Amen. Tell you say, don't mess with jokers. Amen. But I don't know how to play uh, spades. But so um, just pray for your pastor. I don't. I'm still African American. I just don't know how to play. Amen. So um, you can check my ID to confirm that. Amen. But I'm saying that to say this: that when you play spades, how many how many ever play spades with somebody or Uno for those of you who play Uno or video games? But we'll stay spades because that resonates more with some people. How many ever play spades and you heard, or you saw somebody playing spades and they talked a lot of junk while they were playing? How many of you know that's part of the game, right? Why, why are they talking junk? Because they're trying to get the person out of their what? Out of their game. They're so distracted by the, the jokes they're making, by what they're saying to them. The person is start, it's starting to get to their minds, getting in their head, right? So that's what you call getting somebody out of their game. They can't play spades, right? They better than what they are, but because there's so many people talking junk to them and getting on them, they're not playing at their maximum potential. So I believe the same way that happens is the same way the enemy tries to do with us. He tries to talk us out of our game. Can I get an amen? We we know years ago. I don't know some of you some of you younger people. If you're not a if you're not a millennial and a, and back, you probably don't know this guy too well. But there was a guy named Dennis Rodman. Y'all ever heard of Dennis Rodman? Well, don't you can? I guess you can Google it. And I can't stop you on the computer anyway. Uh, <laughs> when you get a chance, leave me playing. Let's keep listening to me. But go look up Dennis Rodman. You're gonna see green hair. You're gonna see orange hair. 
You're going to probably see white, excuse my grammar, you're going to see white hair, you're going to see all kind of hair. You ain't gonna, you're not going to see normal hair. This man, I would venture to say, was known, obviously, probably for his great defense in basketball and probably his rebounding ability. But I believe something else he was kind of known for on the side was his ability to get people out of their game. Because he was just, he, I'm not going to say he was crazy, he, just, he was just different, amen. And Dennis Robin, I believe, had a way of getting people out of their game. And not only him, Jordan did, everybody probably did it. Probably some of the best in the game, they knew how to talk to people. Because anytime you lose your focus, sometimes you can lose your power. So they, 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 I believe they knew how to master the art of talking junk and getting in people's head. And I believe it was important because they were trying to get them out of their game. Good coaches, I believe, know how to strategize their game plan when they're playing against other opponents so that the person who maybe has a nice three-point shot or has a good inside game or whatever, they, they actually push them away from their strength. They keep them from using their strength. In other words, they take them out of their game. Come on, say they take them out of their game. And I don't know about you, but if you look in the Bible, the Bible compares our life to a game. The Bible says run the race that God has set before you. That's a game. Paul said run to win. Amen. That's, he's speaking about life as, it's, as if it's a game. Paul is talking to Timothy, and he says, you got to play the rules of the game. He, he says, you got to be like an athlete. you got to know the rules. So it's important to know that even though we don't, we, don't, we, should, we, we, don't, we don't have a place of irreverence, we reverence our life, we reverence what God has given us, but God compares our life through the Scripture. If you read people who wrote in the Bible, they actually talk about our life as if it's a game. And so Jesus, I believe, came to bring us back to our original game. To get us back to the nuts and bolts of why we were here, our purpose, amen. Because in, in, in basketball, your game may be you, you, have a, you, you got a nice crossover, you got a three-point shot, you got a run game, you got a pass game. Come on, you got a really strong defensive game. And, and all kind of things. You, that's, that's the natural. But in, in, in Christianity, we have a purpose game, amen. We got holiness game. Come on now. We've got a purity game that we should be playing. We've got a love game that we should be playing. Amen. And I believe the enemy tries to talk and take us out of our game. But the devil is a liar. His plans are being destroyed today. Come on now. Can I get an amen? By the fact, the Bible says Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil to unravel his plans. So I don't know what it is taking you out of your game today. Maybe it's it might not be something as far as guilt is concerned or condemnation, and maybe it is, but it's not condemnation simply from the place of you did something over and over and the enemy keeps telling you you're no good. It may be somebody else directly telling you, the enemy's using, that's telling you that you're no good. It may have been a parent that told you you were no good. Do you know every time a parent told you you were no good, you know, that's a form of condemnation. Condemnation is basically telling someone that they're useless. So, so when, we, when you tell somebody they are no good, nothing, then that means that you are condemning them. Condemnation maybe has come on your job. Maybe your boss, your supervisor tells you you can't do anything right. That's a form of condemnation. It may be a person who called you out of your name. Maybe they made a racial slur and they said you are no good, nothing because of the color of your skin. That is a form of condemnation. Maybe you've done that before. That is a form of condemnation. But I believe what happens is what we'll realize is that some people are 40 and 50 and 60 years old 
And because of the condemnation that they received years ago as a five-year-old, six-year-old, seven-year-old, they are still battling with thoughts of inferiority and insecurity, and they're still battling with fear. Can I get an amen? Because how I many you know time doesn't heal? Amen. Jesus heals. Can I get an amen? If a wound is still a wound, it's going to keep on hurting. Amen. Unless your body is working properly. So we know that Jesus comes, he comes to set the captive free. And I want to, I want to speak this word over someone today because you, when you think condemnation, you think, oh, I'm not, I'm not feeling guilty, which the first point, if you want to fill in that blank, that's what condemnation means. It means guilty. You say, I don't feel guilty, but you may feel useless. And so, and so you say, I don't, I don't feel bad for my sin. I don't feel like I'm the worst thing ever, but you feel useless. And that is a form of condemnation. And that's what the enemy, I believe, tries to do in order to get us out of our game. Are you playing your game or are you out of your game? Are you trying to shoot three-pointers when really you should be going on the inside dunking? Amen. Are, are, you, are, you, are you on your game? Are you, are you in the place God has for you on today? Amen. Are you working in the area God has called you to work in your career? Or has the enemy kicked you out of your game because he caused you to be afraid of starting that business? Can I get an amen? He told you that you would never be able to be a great businessman or businesswoman. Maybe he kicked you out of your game as far as being a good father or a good mother because he told you because you made that mistake, you can never be what God has called you to be as a parent. Can I get an amen? Has he kicked you out of your game as a spouse? Glory to God. Because you did something way too many times and now no one feel you feel like no one likes you and you will never amount to anything but I declare the devil is a liar there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus don't let him kick you out of your game because God has called you to that game and as God is for you who can be against you can I get an amen so we see here that in Romans 8 verse 1 Paul says now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus and I already gave you the first point because condemnation is, 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 is guilty. It means guilty. So the first thing that can take us out of our game is guilt. Say guilt. Now look at, what, look at what Satan does. I don't know if you know this, but Satan is a trash talker. Say he's a trash talker. He will, he will wake you up in the morning. He will wake you up at 3 a.m. and start talking trash to you. You'd be like, devil, if you don't go back to sleep, can I get an amen? He will wake you up. and He's always telling you, he, his mouth is his ammo. Amen. He runs his mouth. Have you ever seen somebody just run their mouth all the time? I mean, they, they, t they talk out loud and they sleep talk. Can I get an amen? But <laughs> look at this. Romans 12, verse 10. Look what it says. Then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens. It has come at last. Salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ for the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth the one who accuses them before our God day and night. Who is this talking about? The devil. The devil does what? The Bible says he's accusing the brethren day and night. How do you know you're hearing the enemy compared to you hearing the Holy Spirit? The enemy's always accusing you. One of the signs I believe the enemy's talking is that he makes you feel accused. Now, that's the difference between conviction and accusation. If, the, if, if you don't feel what's talking to you, the spirit talking to you, trying to restore you, then it's a good chance it's not the enemy. Or excuse me, it's a good chance it is the enemy because the enemy will throw you in the trash and leave you there. God, God, will, God will convict you. He will bring pain to you to restore you. 
His heart is to restore you. So look at what it says. And they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. So the Bible says that the enemy is an accuser of the brethren. In Colossians chapter 2, it talks about how the Lord Jesus, he counseled the record that was against us. And he disarmed the enemy because the enemy, I believe, main power is the record that he has against us. Come on, tell me, how many know you got some, everybody, somebody here say, I got a, I got a past, amen. But you know, just because you got a past don't mean you don't have a future, amen. Because in Christ Jesus, you can have a future. Can I get an amen? And so the Bible talks about how Jesus has counseled the record. Matter of fact, I've heard before that one of the ways that they would tell you and back in the day that your bill was paid for was that they would nail your bill to a, to a particular door or a wall or it was something like that. But they would nail it. How many you know Jesus nailed our record on the cross 2000 years ago? So because of the nail that went in his hand, he counseled the record that was against us. And I don't know about you. I know everybody here smiling. Maybe today they're having a good time, but everybody got something in their past they did that they don't like. Can I get an amen? That they wish they would have never done. But thank God that Jesus has canceled that record. That bill has been paid for. Amen. That's good news. We're talking about grace, people. This is a game changer because how many of you know that if you're condemned, it can actually affect your prayer life? Enjoying our podcast? Well, we invite you to join us live Sundays at 11 a.m. Eastern. Tune in on Facebook or YouTube by searching Triad Christian Center or visit our website, www.triadchristiancenter.org. We'll talk about that later on. We are a ministry that teaches on prayer. I've taught it before, but I'm going to show you in Scripture, potentially Tuesday night, Sunday, whenever I get to it, that guilt can actually, I had to raise my voice because my paper was blowing away, but Jesus has nailed it to the uh, pulpit. But you know, you got to, as preachers, you have to learn how to do that. Amen. But you know, guilt is a game changer. Guilt is a game changer. Some of you, and it may be even, I might be talking to you right now, But you may know some people who, because of what they did 10 years ago, they're still stuck. They will not go to school now. They don't think they can go back to school now. They don't think they can start the business now. They don't think they can ever go win souls now. They don't feel like they'll ever be useful in ministry now. Why? Because of what they did 10 years ago. Let me tell you this. There is no sin that can outrun the grace of God. Let me say that again. There is no sin that can outrun the grace of God. I don't care how fast and how big your sin is. It can never overcome the grace of God. Because the Bible says where sin abounds, grace abounds that much more. Now, again, I have to give this news flash because when I say things like this, people think I'm just talking to sinners. No, they're believers who struggle with guilt. There are believers who they say, I'm glad I'm going to heaven, but God can never use me in that area. You have to be careful with that mindset because then that becomes rebellion. You rebel from God's command because you feel like you're too guilty to ever do anything for him. Now, Paul struggled. I believe he could have struggled with this, and I don't know if it's necessarily a scripture that says that, but Paul, he was a persecutor of Christians. And now the one who used to persecute the people of the faith was the one preaching the faith. 
I bet you he he battled. I bet you the enemy tried him daily about his past. You remember when you persecuted that person? And he probably even began to minister and preach the gospel to people who he actually killed their brothers or their uncles or their aunts or he ministered to them. And they said, that's the man who had my uncle killed. That's the man who had my aunt destroyed. And and he, he, he would have to preach the gospel. And imagine facing the person's niece or nephew that you helped to be killed people of God I believe he had to overcome this so when he said this I believe it probably came from a different place that it came than maybe some of us because he actually was person he was like a terrorist for Christians but yet God used him to speak the word of grace I know I'm talking to somebody I may not be talking to everybody but I believe somebody can back because if you haven't battled with condemnation keep living there's a chance you may and I want to give you the word today that your condemnation has been taken care of on the cross of Jesus Christ. Now, the enemy is a trash talk. I was looking at this earlier. I was looking at how, um, talking about getting kicked out of your game, there was, a one, there was a woman who literally got kicked out of the game because she was talking junk. Amen. And, um, you know, it's important to realize, because I was looking at LeBron James. Y'all know who that is? I heard that he helped to get somebody kicked out the game. It was a woman talking junk to him. Go look it up on YouTube. I know you're going to do it anyway. Amen. She was talking junk and got up and started cussing and da-da-da-da, and she eventually got put out the game because she was running her mouth. Amen. And I believe that's what we should. I'm not saying that he was right or they were right for doing that, but that's what we should do to the devil. Amen. Every time he's running our mouth, you need to kick him out of your head. Amen. You need to renounce him and say, devil, you have been destroyed. Jesus came to destroy your works. It's time for you to leave. Amen. You can't keep sitting in the stands of my mind. You can't keep sitting in the stands of my heart. It's time for you to go in Jesus' name. Because the Bible says Satan got kicked out of heaven, the accuser of the brethren. The Bible says, I believe it was Michael who threw him down to the ground. He was at war. And you know, the devil was so stuck on what he was doing. Even when he was thrown down the ground, he still kept moving on in his mess. Because the enemy, I don't believe it's going to stop till he's thrown in the lake of fire. And as a believer, you have to learn how to challenge him with the power of the cross. Because if he can get you condemned, if he can get you guilty when you're no longer guilty, he will talk you out of your game. But the devil is a liar. That's being broken on today. So number one, condemnation means guilt. And guilt is one of the ways that I believe the enemy talks us out of our game. He takes us out of our game. Number two, what does condemnation mean? And i got to move. It means to be subdued or deprived of power. Now, a lot of us probably are aware of the first point, guilt. Guilt. Condemnation means to be guilty. But sometimes we don't understand that condemnation also means to be subdued or deprived of power. In other words, I liken it to, if in a modern day term, it means you're handicapped. It means that you are restricted. It means that you are locked up. It means that you don't have power to be able to do what you've been called to do. Look at what it says right here in Romans chapter 8, verse 3, and I've got it right here on your outline. It says, For God has done what the law could not do, its power being weakened by the flesh, the entire nature of a man, of man without the Holy Spirit, sending his own Son in the guise of sinful flesh, and as an offering of sin, God condemned sin in the flesh. Now, it's important to realize, because God flipped the script, it's important to realize that Paul is just talking about how we're no longer condemned in our sin in Romans 8, verse 1, 
Then in Romans 8 verse 4, he's saying how Jesus has now condemned sin. So he actually reversed it. Come on, say he reversed it. He, he, he turned it back on him. And you'll see this tendency with God that what the enemy tries on you, he'll reverse it and send it back to him. Can I get an amen? And I want to give you a word today that whatever the enemy is trying on you, God's going to reverse it and put it back on him. The Bible says, I'll bless those who bless you. I'll curse those who curse you. In other words, I'll reverse what the enemy sends your way. Amen. Come on, can I get an amen? The same people that were trying to throw those three Hebrew boys in the fire got burned up themselves. Amen. Because God can reverse the attack. Amen. Can I get in? The people who threw Daniel in the lion's den were thrown in themselves. Why? Because God can reverse the attack. We serve the God of the reverse. Can I get an amen? So it says right here that God condemns sin in the flesh. God condemns sin in the flesh. He subdued it. He overcame it. He deprived it of its power for all who accept that sacrifice. Now, somebody said, well, well, Pastor Josh, that's talking about how God condemned the flesh. But the same way that God condemned the flesh is how sin condemns us. It deprives us of power. It keeps us. Matter of fact, Paul talks about the power of sin. Jesus, uh, or even he talks about actually in Romans 6 that we are slaves of sin. That's why some people call that systemic racism or, or oppression when you got people that are being held down and deprived of power because of the systems in a government or in a land. And there are certain groups of people that people may feel are being deprived of power. They're being deprived of certain rights. It may look good on paper, but in practice, they're still being deprived of power. It's, in, it's, un, it's unjust. So, so in other words, it's unjust. So in other words, the enemy through sin tried to deprive us of power. Let me give you a scripture in Genesis 4, verse 7. It says, you will be accepted, talking about Cain, he had just, he had just uh, basically got his offering rejected, and God is talking to him, and he says, you will be accepted if you, if you do what is right, but if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. Now, we just read right here that when, what, what does condemnation mean? Condemnation means to subdue something. It means to deprive it of its power. God is telling Cain in Genesis 4 verse 7, you've got to subdue sin. It wants to be your master, but you've got to master it. So condemnation means that you are bringing something into a place of slavery or into a place of control. So when we were slaves of sin, we were under the condemnation of sin because we were being subdued by sin. Years ago, when African-Americans were in slavery, they were being subdued. Or in other words, that is a picture of condemnation. And I don't know what's holding you today trying to condemn you, trying to deprive you of your joy, trying to deprive you of your peace, trying to deprive you of your power. But that condemnation, I declare, has been broken through the power of the blood of Jesus. It can no longer hold you back. Some might call it a glass ceiling. It seems like every time you try to go up, you keep getting knocked back down. That is a form of condemnation. It means to be subdued. It means to be held back. 
it means to hit a ceiling. You, you find your, it's almost like a curse. You try to go higher, but you can't. Every time you try to get joy back in your marriage, you can't. Every time you try to get ahead financially, you can't. This is a form of condemnation. Now, we don't always hear it being taught like this, but when you talk about condemnation, it's not just guilt. It means to lose power. It means I have been weakened. It means I have been deprived of my ability to do what I want to do. Paul said this, when I wanted to do right, I, let me go to Romans 7. When I wanted to do right, I couldn't do right. Why? We quote that scripture as an excuse for sin. It was, he was, he was, I really believe was talking about his record. He said, when I, I wanted to do it, I desired to do it, but I didn't have the power to do it. But thank God that God not only gives us the desire through the cross, he gives us the power through the cross. Amen. But the Bible says that sin, or in other words, condemnation comes to deprive us of our power. Paul said, I wanted to do right, but I couldn't. In other words, he was experiencing condemnation according to Romans 7. And then he brings us to Romans 8 verse 1, which is the next chapter where he says, there is now therefore no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. In other words, I used now, I, I used to be in a place where I didn't have power to love. I didn't have power to bless my enemies. I didn't have power to bless those who curse me. I didn't have power to, to love on those who tell me off. Come on now, can I get an amen? I didn't have power to show mercy to those who cut me off in the Harris Teeter line. I didn't have power to show love to those who tried to cut me off on the road. I used to be in a place where I would hold up my middle finger. I used to be in a place where I would talk back at them. I used to be in a place where I would throw them five hand ministries. Come on, that's talking about your fists, your hands. Come on. I used to be in that, but I was deprived of power to live this life. But when I came to Jesus Christ, I found out the same power that rose him from the dead is living on the inside of me. Now people look at me like I'm crazy because when people are going off at work, I can hold my peace. Y'all ain't talking to me. When people are talking junk and trying to get me fired on my job, I try to get them promoted. You ain't talking to me. Why? Because I've got power to help me to live this life that Christ has called me to live. Why? Because now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. When you condemn a building, that means you declare it is unfit for use. You condemn a building when it's no longer operable, when it can no longer function. And that's what condemnation means. I can no longer function, but the devil is a liar. You can do everything God has called you to do. You can function in every place God has called you to function in. You can do what he's called you to do. Why? Because if God be for you, who can be against you? Number one, it means guilty. So guilt is a way that we are taken out of our game. Number two, we're deprived of power. That's a form of condemnation. Number three, we become fruitless or useless, just like what I said. Look at what it says in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 5 through 8. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 5 through 8. I have this on your outline. The Bible says, who, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the power of the age to come, and who then turn away from God, it is impossible to bring such people back to repentance. By rejecting the Son of God, they themselves are nailing him to the cross once again and holding him up to public shame. And the Bible says, when the ground soaks up the falling rain and bears a good crop for the farmer, it has God's blessing. It says it has what? God's blessing. It says, but if a field bears thorns and thistles, it is useless. It is what? Useless. And the Bible says the farmer will soon 
condemn that field and burn it. What's going to happen to everybody who doesn't know Jesus? They're going to be thrown into a lake of what? Fire. It's going to be burned. Jesus says, anyone who has not believed in me is already condemned. In other words, condemnation is the step right before ultimate destruction or judgment or eternal wrath. And, and, and the writer, we don't know if it's Paul, but the writer here in Hebrews is telling them that when a field is, is fruitless, is useless. And this, is, and this field is going to be condemned. So let me say this to you. The other meaning for condemnation, it means that you are fruitless. But how many know in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 23, it talks about the fruits of the Spirit that are produced, amen, by the power of the Holy Spirit. We no longer have to walk in a place where we're fruitless. We can walk in a place where we're fruitful, where we have self-control, where we have temperance. And number four, the last thing that I believe the enemy tries to do to wear us out of our game or some things that happen to try to take us out of, out of our game is to wear us out. Come on, say to wear us out. The Bible says don't grow weary in well-doing because in due season you will reap if you faint not. But it also says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, and this is my closing scripture, at least for now, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Look at what it says. I want to show you this. I'm talking about a game. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with, say, endurance, Come on, say endurance, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Do you know sin, I put it right here, sin is not just something you choose to do or something you choose, but something you carry. Sin is not just an action, it's also a weight. Every time we commit a sin, we carry that weight. And that's why it was so important what Jesus did, because he carried the weight of our sin to the cross. That was heavy, people of God. It takes a strong man to carry all the sins of the world to a cross. But the Bible says that sin is a weight. Now, a lot of people, you know, not a lot of people, but some people try to figure out in their life, why is it that I feel like I'm just, I'm just so out of energy, maybe even physically? I seem like I don't ever want to do anything. I'm lethargic. I just kind of sit back. I feel like I'm getting more and more lazy. Well, the Bible says that sin is a weight, and it will slow you down and wear you out. Can I get an amen? It will literally wear you out. Matter of fact, physically speaking, the reason why we die is because of the sins that we've committed. Now, I'm going to talk about this later on, maybe, but just because we're saved doesn't mean this physical body won't die out. The reason why this physical body dies out is because sin is wearing it out. Can I get an amen? There is a new body coming, and that new body, when it comes, I'm going to have a full head of hair. Can I get an amen? And nothing will be able to wear out my, my hair follicles. Amen. But because of sin, it, has, it wears out our bodies. We start getting wrinkles. Can I get an amen? Our bones might start deteriorating. We might start losing our eyesight. This is all a result of sin because sin will wear you out. Come on, can I get a minute? Sin will wear you out. And Paul, and the writer says in Hebrews, I keep saying Paul, it's not Paul, but the writer in Hebrews says, tear off every weight that so easily trips us up, especially the sin. 
See, when I sin, it doesn't, it's not just something I do, it's something I carry. And now when I try to run the race with endurance, I find myself getting weak. Why? Because I'm trying to hold on to my sin and still live for Jesus. Say, neighbor, that don't work well. So we got to let go of it so that we can run this race with endurance. And I am talking to believers. And I'm talking to unbelievers as well. But sometimes we feel like, oh, we're saved, we're going ahead. But we're, we're weak, we're sad, we're depressed, we don't want to live for God anymore, and we wonder why we're so drained. It's because we're trying to hold on to our hidden sin. But the devil is a liar. Today you can remove that. You can cast that off because Jesus has already carried it to the cross. The grace of God has freed us from sin, so we don't have to carry it anymore. You don't have to keep carrying what you've been doing, but you can drop it at the feet of Jesus. Jesus on today. Can I get an amen? So sin is not just something you choose, but something you carry. It is something you carry. Listen, I don't want to carry more than what I have to. The Bible says in Psalms 38 verse 4, then I'll jump to verse 6 to 8. It says, I am bent over and wrapped with pain. All day long I walked around filled with grief. A raging fever burns within me. This is on your outline. And my health is broken. I am exhausted and completely crushed. My groans come from an anguished heart. My groans come from an anguished heart. In verse 4 it actually says, sorry. In verse 4 it says, my guilt overwhelms me. It is a burden too heavy to bear. See, that's the problem with condemnation. When you're condemned, you carry it. It's a weight. It's something that you carry. Because again, condemnation means you're guilty. Guilt has a way of weighing us down. And I want to say this to you. I don't know where you are today in life. I don't know what side of the fence you're on, whether you're in Christ or you're out of Christ. But I have, I have, a, I have a news flash to give you. You don't have to carry that guilt anymore. I'm speaking to believers and I'm speaking to unbelievers. You don't have to carry it anymore. The devil has been talking junk to you for too long. You are not trash. You know, we talk about talking trash. And sometimes the enemy literally calls you trash. He says you're good for nothing else but to be thrown into the lake of fire. You can never come back from where you've fallen. You can never return back to the place God has for you. But the devil is a liar. It doesn't matter how many times you've drunk, got drunk. It doesn't matter how many times you've smoked. It doesn't matter how many times you've gone back to the addiction. You can come out. Can I get an amen? Because greater is he that's in us than he that is in the world. I'm talking to some people who are struggling in silence. I'm talking to people, some, some people who are struggling in the dark. You can come out of that bondage. It doesn't matter how many years you've been in it. It is not greater than the power of Jesus Christ. You don't have to stay in it. It may be homosexuality. It may be pornography. Come on now. It may be drinking. It may be rejection. It may be fear. You do not have to stay in it, but you can come out. Don't let the enemy keep talking trash to you. Throw him out the game because he does not belong in the game. Get the referee and throw him out the game because you are a new creature. Behold, all things are new in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. All things have become new. All things have become new. All things have passed away. And behold, all things have become new. Listen, I'm speaking to believers who still feel like they're unbelievers. I'm talking to unbelievers who feel like they can never come into relationship with God. Wherever you stand, 
I'm here to tell you a newsflash. God's grace is sufficient. Whatever you face, whatever you're facing, God's grace is sufficient. You're being weighed down right now in your marriage because of your sin. God's grace is sufficient. You can cast your cares on the Lord. You can cast your worries on the Lord. Stop being bombarded by the lies of the enemy. I rebuke every lie of the enemy right now. You can do what God has called you to do. Get back in the game. Get back in the game. And I'll end with this scripture in Ephesians 2 verse 10. It says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Somebody said, you know what? The reason why I'm out of my game, why I'm not doing what God has called me to do is because of the way I was born. It was the way I was raised. The Bible says we can be recreated in Christ Jesus. We can be born again to do the good things he planned for us long ago. You might have lost your game, but you can be restored back to your game. You can be restored back to your place of purity, holiness, innocence. Come on, faith. Come on, encouragement. You used to be encouraged, but now you find yourself discouraged. You can get back in the game because Jesus has won the war. I'm talking to some people today. You're struggling. You're struggling. The pandemic has weighed on you. The, the, the issues in your household have weighed on you. Maybe even your own sins, the guilt. I messed up as a parent. I messed up as a spouse. I keep messing up. I can't do anything right. The devil is a liar. Don't even condemn your own self. See, sometimes we talk about other people condemning us. But what happens when we condemn ourselves? Some of you have talked your own selves out of the game. <laughs> But the devil is a liar. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. And I declare in Christ Jesus, you can start afresh. That is good news. It wouldn't be good news if I said it any other way. If I said, oh, yeah, you did it. You can never come out. No, no, no. Good news is that you can come out of it today. So even now as you're listening, you no longer have to be a slave of sin. You no longer have to be bound. Whoa. But you have freedom today from every oppressing force. And Jesus, pray this prayer with me if that's you. You say, I need to make a decision for Christ. I need to dedicate my life to Christ. I need to rededicate. This is your opportunity to commit to Jesus again. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I make you ruler of my life. I make you master. I give, I give up the master of sin, and I replace you as my master. I make you ruler of my life. I make you master of my life. And I believe, Jesus, you died for my sins. And you condemn sin. You deprive sin of his power. And I believe that Jesus, you were buried and you rose again. Hallelujah. You are alive. And I pray that from this day forth, I will live for you and I will give you all of the glory and I will give you all of the honor in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, if you pray that prayer or if you're just excited about salvation, give a shout of praise to the Lord. Come on, help me with the horns. Come on, clap your hands. If you're excited about Jesus and you're excited that you are free, you are free, you are free at last. Hallelujah. Yeah. Woo. Hallelujah. You know, there's a couple things that guilt would do. One of the things that guilt will do is it will keep you from moving into the presence of God. It will hinder you from moving into the presence of God. And I want to encourage you all day that have not, you just been kind of staying back in prayer, not reading the word. Listen, listen, go for God again. He loves you. 
he cares for you. And there is forgiveness if you repent. Turn away from it. And turn away from it over and over. Every time, most of the times when I pray, I'm praying, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Amen. There's nothing wrong with praying every day, Lord, cleanse me. Cleanse me all over again. Stand on your feet. We're about to go. Amen. If you in your car don't stand up, that wouldn't work right. Amen. Just keep sitting. But listen, we have an opportunity. We're going to get ready and start preparing for the food outreach in a little bit. And um, For those of you that are staying back to help, staying back to help. Amen. <laughs> there is food that is uh, prepared, will be prepared for you. You'll be able to eat and partake. You'll be blessed so you don't have to leave the campus. You can stay here. We'll be setting that up uh, somewhere. But for those of you um, that are going or whether you're staying or going, I want to give you this announcement that uh, there are a couple ways that you can give today. Thank you for those of you that have been supporting. Number one, you can give by texting in your phone 336-203-0708 and then texting your dollar amount. Then you can also go to trychristiancenter.org and you can type, click on online giving and you can give from there. Also, you can give by mailing in your offering amount to 4321 Barrel Road. So for those of you that the Lord is putting on your heart to give to this ministry, I want to encourage you to do so. Thank you for your support. May God richly bless you. May God richly keep you. And may you go from glory to glory. And may you go from faith to faith in Jesus. Listen, there is no condemnation if you're in Christ Jesus. And this is good news. God bless you. May he keep you. Stay tuned for the uploaded video from Tuesday. May God bless you. Join us on Tuesday night at 7. God bless you. Have a great rest of the day. Enjoy your Sunday. Amen. Thank you for attending the Love University at Triad Christian Center with your host and professor, Pastor Joshua Lockett. We pray that today's message encouraged you to love God, love yourself, and love others. If you have accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, congratulations, you have made the best decision of your life and we want to celebrate and connect with you text follow christ to 81411 are you over social distancing we have plenty of ways for you to connect and engage with our ministry online visit us on twitter and instagram at triad christian Facebook Triad Christian Center or on our website triadchristiancenter.org for more information. We look forward to connecting with you. If you would like to give to our ministry, you may do so by texting 336-203-0708 with any amount or visit our website triadchristiancenter.org slash online underscore giving. Lastly, you may send it by mail to 4321 Barrow Road, High Point, North Carolina, 27265, and make all checks payable to Triad Christian Center. Until next time, know that we love you. Be blessed and stay safe.